Tune in this weekend car audio. Audio. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. We'll be talking about bass. Talking about chips. Talking about rings. You ain't got them. Zip your lip. You got a problem you ever found? Check your grounds. This show about to start. Start. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, it's Weekend Car Audio, audio. yeah, yeah, tune in, tune in, it's Weekend Car Audio. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the judge, Doug Stockton, and my co-host, TV sensation, TV superstar, Mr. Actor himself, <laughs> Jeffrey Fernandez. How's it going, hey, Jeffrey? What's up? What's up? Good, good. Uh, oh, still live. Uh, just doing my thing. <laughs> um, and our special guest this week, Mr. David McKinnon. He is the editor-in-chief of bestcaraudio.com. Welcome, David. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to see real quick, I am uh, just sharing this to all the Facebook groups as we speak. Hey, David, can you explain to us uh, about your um, website? Oh, can somebody turn their volume down? I'm guessing it's David. Oh, no, that was me. Oh, that was you, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of us. Right. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I work for a company called 168 Media, and uh, we, des uh, we build websites, but more importantly, we provide website content. Uh, to mobile enhancement retailers all across North America. We've got clients in Canada and the U.S. Um, and about four years ago, uh, our owner, Mitch, uh, decided that he was going to use an old domain of his that was bestcaraudio.com, and we would share some of our client content onto that site purely just because he had the domain and it was interesting and some of the guys do some really cool projects. And very slowly but steadily, it evolved uh, into me creating custom content for the site and then uh, vehicle features. And basically about two years ago, we kind of realized we turned it into uh, an online magazine for car audio. So uh, that's what it is. A, a silly online magazine uh, for you kids that don't know what a magazine is. <laughs> Way back in the days, we used to get these pieces of paper that they would mail us and inside right. of them was pictures and articles. <laughs> Those, exactly. Those were called magazines. That's it. That's it. And I got, uh, I mean, I got, I've been in the industry for a long time, uh, yeah. since around 1988. Um, and I did work for one of those old fashioned print magazines for many years. Uh, I was the editor, uh, technical editor of Performance Auto and Sound magazine from, oh. I forget when it started, 99, 2000, mm -hmm. something like that, um, for about 10 years. So I did. 400 product reviews and thousands of articles about performance cars, show cars, car stereo cars, uh, <laughs> model interviews that weren't actually interviews. So it's all sorts of neat stuff. So what was it then? Yeah. <laughs> don't ask. You don't want to know. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, so, never saw them, never met them. So we can tell by your aboot that uh, yes. you must be uh, way northern United States or in Canada. Yeah, I am in Canada. Yeah, I'm in Burlington, uh, which is basically between Buffalo and Toronto, right at the tip of Lake Ontario. Oh, you're way over on the other half of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's good and cold. It was snowing yesterday, but it was all right today. So, you know. Yeah. I, actually, I was uh, driving back from Reno yesterday, and um, it was snowing on the hill. Oh, yeah. It, it, we, I mean, it, over here in California, we haven't had snow, rain, nothing for like two weeks two, three weeks, and then all of a sudden, I'm just driving home, and all of a sudden, it's just snow flurries. I was like, wow, it's been a minute since <laughs> I've seen those. Right. It's nice uh, It's nice when they're a change. After a few months of it, you know, novelty wears off. So. It does. Yeah, you can only build so many snowmen, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I did ask the people if you guys are interested and have any technical questions. Um, I threw it out there and just to say, hey, do you guys have any technical questions that you guys would specifically like to ask him? Uh, can you tell us like just some of the general tests that you've done, Mr. David? Sure, sure. So um, my favorite thing, honestly, to test is amplifiers. And there's a, there's a really short, well, I can make it long, but we'll keep it short <laughs> story. Um, 
I've worked for distributors uh, for many years, you know, throughout my career. And people always ask, you know, how does something sound? Is it good? Is it this? Is it that? And because of my background in reviewing products, I just can't give an answer unless I've tried it. I can't, you know, I can't look at the box and go, well, it's pretty and it's expensive. <laughs> it must sound good. I, I've been caught out too many times, mm -hmm. both directions, actually. Stuff that I didn't think was going to be impressive blew my mind. Um, and stuff that I thought would be jaw-dropping was for the wrong reasons. So um, <laughs> a friend just, you know, we were distributing a line of amplifiers and lots of our dealers was like, so what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I'm like, well, you know, there's special orders. I don't have any to play with. Um, let me see what I can find out. So a friend let me an amplifier, very nice, big four channel, uh, class AB full range. And I listened to it on my reference speakers with my reference source unit. And it sounded awesome. I could listen to it for, I got to listen to an entire CD instead of, you know, this part of this track, this part of that track. So it was all done. I was happy. I'm like, yeah, I could confidently say this is a good product. I like the sound of it. And I sort of remembered, oh, well, you know, I should compare it against my reference. So I set up my reference amplifier and had to listen. And the two couldn't have been more different. Um, the, 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 you know, we'll call it the sample amplifier was nice and warm and okay. enjoyable. And my reference amplifier was, it's best described as like violently accurate. So snare drum hit or rim shot, like you'd wince and jump. And that got me started on trying to figure out, you know, why, how could I measure, how could I quantify this difference in not necessarily perceived quality, but audible performance mm -hmm. so since then i've invested a lot of money <laughs> too much money um in amplifier tests equipment procedures uh just to try and quantify you know what what did i hear and why are they different so i love testing amplifiers um actually got a new uh, third generation of an audio analyzer today okay so i can test distortion and signals noise ratio and intermodulation distortion and mm -hmm. all this stuff and uh yeah it's it's specs are good enough that i probably won't have to upgrade for a while but i love oh. testing amplifiers so, so that yeah. so that leads me to what i was going to ask you anyway is so you have those two different um amplifiers do you now when you test them are you testing them on a bench in a laboratory type setting are you testing yeah. them in a sound room are you testing them in a car where are you doing these tests? so i do um just because my current car uh it's not an easy car to upgrade it's got uh i mean they brand it as gee, i forget what brand it is anyways it's a harman uh, logic 7 system so there's 15 channels of amplification and it's most uh fiber optic front to back and there actually isn't a radio there's a there's a cd mechanism and a display and a controller uh, and the antenna and tuner in the trunk and there's another display in my dash so there really isn't a, a radio to upgrade so i just i gave up on you know if i couldn't do it right i wasn't going to do it at all so i have you know reference home audio bookshelf speakers um, that I've used for 20 years. So I use those um, in my listening room and I have, you know, I have amplifiers and subs that, you know, I know what they sound like so that I can hear differences to other stuff um, that I'm reviewing or friends send me or manufacturers send me or whatever. Um, but I always, so I actually I'll test first um, and get, you know, power distortion efficiency uh, gain, you know, idle current, black current, all the, you know, all the parameters. I do that first and then I'll have a listen. Um, and, see, you know, then kind of while I'm writing the review, I'll see if they correlate. And so far, 100%, it, it all, you know, there's an explanation for everything that I hear, which is nice. Weird. Science, where you <laughs> yeah, right. create a hypothesis. <laughs> you got it. Then you test your hypothesis. And then you come up with a conclusion. Yep. Kids better listen. I'm just saying, I mean, the, the, my wife teaches that in fifth grade, right? Oh, that's awesome. I, I, you know what? There's some uh, car audio guys that need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them all. And I love, you know, um, you know, the, it's called the scientific method, right? But yes. I do love the brute force trial and error attempt as well. Uh -huh. 
because if you're paying attention, you can you learn stuff you didn't know. But yes. if you take that you take that moment to, you know, hey, why did this happen? And do some measurements and do some really simple calculations. I bet you there's a you know there's a scientific reason for it. Yeah. Uh, but that applies to sound quality and SPL and whatever else guys do with their stereos. All right. So uh, just quick shout outs. I got Heather Stockton, Mario Anthony Perella. I got Fa King Good watching. <laughs> um, Hi, Fa. <laughs> yeah. So Fasa was what's up, guys. Uh, we got um, Perella. We got Steven Takas. Yes. Team Mini. Team Mini there. He's check us out. Manny Lobb. We got Woody uh, McDonald. He's watching us on both uh, Facebook and YouTube. Mo Moises Alejandre, Manny Alejandre, Sayavake, uh, Jeffrey Corsi. Um, yeah, uh, Tanya and Mike Jones, Nick Samino, yeah. all these people. Uh, a Nick's fellow a local Canadian. boy. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, Some kind of fellow boy. Canadian, yeah. eh? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. How's it going, Nick? <laughs> uh, Steve Willis in here watching. Um, you know, that's a couple of uh, world champions and whatnot. Not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, just real quick, uh, Stephen uh, T. Mini has does have a question over on the Facebook side. It says, uh, paper versus other materials and components. Is there something better or worse? Or how, wh what's your thoughts and that's uh, you know what uh, every question's a can of worms. Yes, sir. So the my my uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We'll call it just opinion. Um, the best speakers I've heard mm -hmm. have all been paper. Yep. But that doesn't that honestly doesn't seem to be the deciding factor in speaker quality um, because there are some very good composites and poly and whatever drivers ribbon um yeah all sorts I mean, of great stuff the, so so uh, uh while you're at it do you like the titanium uh tweeters and stuff <laughs> you know what they're so my answer is anything executed well is better than something executed poorly especially when okay. it comes to materials so, so, so like titanium right so when i was manufacturing car audio um well, we brought in some titanium and man, they were just harsh for me personally, right? And, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a hundred percent of what you like, and because sound is a hundred percent objective. It's it's not right. what it's not what Jeffrey likes isn't going to be perfect for my vehicle, because it's what I like is going to be for mine. I mean, because out here in California, we've had some people. I mean, just screaming heights. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Slamology. Those guys riding around. And, and, and they're I've using seen PA enough videos. Horns, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've, and they've driven by local shows. Yeah. So with with speakers, and again, you know, everyone everyone that's on here that knows me mm -hmm. uh, knows that I take pride in being a geek. There's no, <laughs> you know, there's no hiding it. Um, the true measure, I th ah, measure is not a good word. Uh, the hint as to how good a speaker is has probably more to do with the motor design mm -hmm. and the surrounding components and then the suspension, uh, then the cone material. So uh, drivers with uh, aluminum shorting rings, copper caps, spl uh, flat spiders, mm -hmm. those things so far, again, and we were talking about, you know, recognizing patterns of, Hey, and I keep, you know, I I heard this and then I measured it. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. uh, they keep winning out. So, uh, yeah. And there's not a lot of companies doing that stuff. But ultimately, yeah, linearity. You could, I've got an article I'm working on. Uh, I think I'll start it next week and I've been putting it off. But uh, speakers produce a stunning amount of distortion. <laughs> and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see, for people to see uh, my plan basically is to you know, set up a, a mediocre or a cheap speaker mm -hmm. and we'll just increase the volume and do sweeps mm -hmm. and we'll be I can measure how loud the harmonic distortion intermodulation distortion is mm -hmm. at volume levels and so I'll just show you know here's what an inexpensive driver does and here's what you get when you spend five ten fifteen uh, you know I don't know lots of money thousands <laughs> of dollars on a component set um 
because that's ultimately the difference in quality. How much distortion does anything add? Radio, processor, speaker, amplifier. Um, and I have this, uh, you know, I don't have an easy way to test it, but I have a feeling it would work for SPL too. Because, you know, snooping around, uh, seeing some of the drawings I have, um, yeah, it almost worked. You know, if you put power into a sub and there's distortion from the amplifier or from uh, the speaker, it's creating audio content that wasn't in the original recording. Well, if you're trying to get super loud, don't waste energy producing stuff that isn't going to be measured. So... Yep. I think all of that's going to kind of get highlighted over the next few weeks okay. and I dove deep on that. So, so I will say um, in my own testing that I've done, um, I do find install is the key component to any system um, as sure. far as making it sound good. Because like you said, you could take the best, you could take uh, Rainbow or Klipsch or you can take these best speakers in the world that people acclaim and you hand them to some 14-year-old that's never installed anything. <laughs> right. And right. you might as well go down to Walmart and pick up a $40 pair of Pioneers and just free air them in, you know, in your map pocket in your doors. Right. 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 And, yeah, those Pioneers installed on, uh, you know, composite panels with sound deadening yeah. will trash anything hanging out of the, uh, the storage pocket or sitting on the rear parts of the shelf of a Monte Carlo. Exactly. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like Mark Fakuda, I don't know if you uh, saw the little videos I saw of Mark Fakuda's setup in you know, yep. his car at uh, what was that thing called, Jeffrey, they were at? Do you know? Um, it was kind of like Knowledge Fest. Knowledge Fest. Uh, yeah. There's the Master no, Tech. It was Master Tech, right. Yeah, yeah Master Tech. tech Expo. I mean, you, you could take the cheapest, crappiest components and stick that within that vehicle and they're going to sound absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, but there's... yeah, what you do with it, and then uh, another thing that uh, I've got, I've sort of, I don't know, brainwashed, convinced, blackmailed, bribed. I don't know what the right word is, <laughs> but try to get some of these SPL guys to get into DSP because they do drive the vehicles, and the guys that have like the dove in head first, they're like, you know, they're turning into SQ tweakers. Even though the Carl, you know, has a pair of 15s on five or six thousand watts and does 157, <laughs> right? Five or, five or six thousand watts. What do you mean per coil? Uh, well, not in this particular. You know, I'm thinking of one example, but uh, okay. Um, yeah, like he's got great drivers and he's set up the DSP properly, and he does well in SQ competitions. He's got a soundstage. He's got imaging. He's got really natural tonality. Uh, mm -hmm. From a pure SPL standpoint, mm -hmm. uh, on the mids and highs, you do throw away a little bit because if there's a peak, you're going to bring it down. Yep. If there's a dip, you'll bring it up, but a little more gently. Uh, but suddenly your music sounds like music. And I've I've heard cars where there's a, there was a big Cars and Coffee back when, you know, we were allowed to go outside <laughs> two years ago. Um, and some dude pulled up in a, it's a little Chevy. I uh, I forget it's another brand of car that's rebadged as a as a, a Chevy compact. It's basically a Honda Civic. Oh. Uh and like from five hundred feet away, it sounded great. Like it was clean. It was like, it's like yeah, the there was girl a girl at the bait. end of the bar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it looked you know what? It actually looked really good up close too. I just it was too loud for me up close. So uh, yeah, I gotta protect these ears. They they make me okay. money. So 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 for me, um I did some install stuff on a um on a seventy seven trans am. And this cool. was, I was fifteen years old. I didn't know any better. I had uh six by nine TS sixty nine oh nines in the back, you know. Uh, I had two twelves, two fifteens, and two or I had two fifteens facing up and back. I had two twelves stacked on top of two tens because at that time I was like, "Well, you need to have all these different size drivers to get all the different frequencies, <laughs> no. right?" Right. So right. I was only fifteen. Yeah, right. You weren't alone. You were not alone. I, You're still I, not alone. And remember, yeah. th this is like eighty-eight, right? So yeah. eighty-seven, eighty-eight, and Eminem Godfather. Uh, mm -hmm. I had the Hyphonics amps, the Odin, the Cyclops, and then I had the Punch 150 for the 15s because right I need the big amp for the for the uh, <laughs> for the 15s. 
Anyway, um, one thing I did learn though is because I tweaked, you know, that that's what we do, right? We we go to excess whenever we do something. Um, you know, essentially I put a wall in a seventy-seven in a Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. So, uh, but I like it. Oh, I, I totally like yeah. it. Yeah. So, but what I ended up doing is I encapsulated the six by nines. Uh, built not boxes. But I made them um, like a sound deadening enclosure around it. Sure. And it changed the dynamics in that car. Oh, and then I added a Craco amp EQ booster to them. So, all right. <laughs> um, I, so, actually, in the Hell's Bells, in the, in the cassette tape, because back then we had cassette tapes in the cars. That's right. So, in the cassette tape on Hell's Bells, you can actually hear the strike of the stick against the edge of the symbol. And, right on. And that was a different experience for me because I've just been listening to mount loud music prior to that. And then I started adding some, some sound up front, you know, they have a big old five by seven or something in the dash. So I fixed that and got that working. And so I added a little bit, but that was, I mean, I wouldn't call that sound quality what I was doing, but for a 15, 16 year old kid, that was actually pretty cool. And for uh, sure, and got to hear and it's some neat. Cool stuff. It's neat. You know, you think about, uh, you know, controlling what was happening to those six by nine. So the, yeah. the subs suddenly weren't pushing on the back of the cones yep. and you know, you, so you, you gave them some hope of sounding good and there was a reward. Right. Yes. And I wish I knew now, I wish I knew then what I know now, but my, you know, my first audio system, uh, Alpine, and I had the part number the other day, but it was a dual voice coil, uh, six by nine from Alpine. Mm -hmm. And it was powered by a half in two by 25 watt amplifier. Okay. And I put it in my dad's, uh, 84 Chrysler Daytona, uh, and it did something, but you know, now looking back, it was in the wrong box. It was in a little wooden, you know, six by nine box not as small as the wedge ones uh -huh. um but i mean if i had put it in a good size box mm -hmm. like a cube and a half ported mm -hmm. it would have sh shaken the car so i yep. wish i knew but so, that's all right you know we learn we experiment yeah. so what did you do jeffrey awesome. let's hear your story yeah. Oh, I just threw a bunch of 12s on the trunk uh <laughs> and just called it a day let's get up to an amp that was it. I you didn't, I, didn't play on the sound sound quality, tried reproducing cool notes no, and all that? No. Well, I, I had some, like, MB ports, uh, little tweeters, uh, like, right at the door and a uh, uh, little maybe five and a quarter. But, um, dude, I mean, when, when you're that young and, you know, you're just, like, basing down the street, you don't care about mids or highs, you know? Nope. Nobody cares about that stuff. But, yeah, you aren't going to hey, pick up I mean, the chicks don't dig mids and highs. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be able to feel the beat, right? That's right. They, you know, they don't want to hear screaming sounds, yelling at them. Otherwise, they'd stay at home, listen to their mom or something. But that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. So I, I just had some subs, and I think I had it was like a it's like a prefab bandpass box, and had some pioneers in there, and had the plexiglass so you can kind of see them, you know. But <laughs> yep. And then you met Roger. But it is uh yeah yeah and i think maybe i had access to the internet now i think back then it was like prodigy or something called like that oh geez and then so then i you know just you know to did a little research and you know got yeah. online and hey in the early 2000s i was using web tv which was really popular up in canada uh, it seemed oh, like web 80 per, yeah it seemed like 80 percent of the people i would talk to on the web tv chats were all canadian um <laughs> but uh, I don't know, uh, Dave, if you if you are aware of uh, Deckware, uh, I believe his name's Stephen Deckware. Uh, yeah, yeah Deckware. rings a bell. Rings um, a bell. So he yeah. did the Death Box and the Wicked yeah. one. Yep. So I actually paid the seven dollars or whatever it was and bought his ebook. <laughs> awesome. Right. Cool. And um, he went over time alignment and. Uh, he actually had uh, somebody back in the early 90s had a thing that if you can tell me the difference between these $1,500 RCAs <laughs> and this lamp cord that I just put RCA ends on, <laughs> he would right. pay, he would he would pay you 
ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I think it. Uh, so Richard Clark yep. had a uh, there was an amp shootout, okay. and there were a lot of variables. I, th- I forget whether it was ten or fifteen grand, but yeah, if he took two amplifiers, gain matched them, and EQ'd them identically, he said statistically you couldn't accurately pick. I think it was ten or fifteen times. Um, I, you know, I've debated it with him back in the days of, you know, the term pro forums and uh-huh. all the other ones, uh-huh. uh, because I love listening to amplifiers. Mm-hmm. I'm willing <laughs> to, you know, I'd say I'd take the test, uh, but I'd want to pick the amplifiers, you know, I, two really close ones. If, you know, if they're genuinely close, yeah, that would be really hard. But if you pick a good amp and an inexpensive amp, no. You don't uh, think that, it'd be hard, that, huh? I don't think it'd be hard. No. So, so no, what do you I, think on the RCA's part? If you just change R- out to fifteen hundred dollar so, R- silver weaved RCA's versus your Radio Shack seven ninety nine RCA's? Right. So, um, there is a difference. There's an audible difference. There's a measurable difference. I've, you know, I've done articles on it. Uh, That's the actually problem- the article that got me to contact you. Oh, so, right on. So did you see that? I, I don't know if you saw it, but I revisited I, it. Oh, no. I, so I, I just, went back again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I went tell back us about again, that a little bit. In a then. different way. Um, and there was actually looking at it this way, there was a bigger difference. I've gone to fr- high, you know, friends' houses that are into high end home audio. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's absolutely a difference on the top end. In a car, though, uh, I mean, it doesn't go from good to bad or you know, too bright to dull. It just, it changes the top end by a DB or two. And by top end, I'm talking 20K, which is well above what most of us can hear. Uh, If you've got a DSP in the car and you're going to EQ it, they don't matter at all in terms of, in terms of frequency response. What absolutely does matter though uh, is noise rejection. So, uh, you know, your, your lamp cord twisted pair with no shielding, uh, if it's a, you know, if it's an amplifier with differential inputs, you're pretty safe. Not much is going to get into the audio signal. If it's a single ended amplifier, uh, and you're, you know, you use a twisted pair, you can pick up noise easily. If it's a really low quality, you know, dollar store, whatever RCA 50, 50, but I've, I saw, you know, real live story. Uh, we were at a trade show and uh, we were flaunting, you know, the, the brand of interconnects that we were working with at the time. And a guy with a recording studio who had spent millions of dollars was complaining about a hum in the monitoring system. And so the owner of the company is like, uh, okay, like, you know, so he was asking for help. Ultimately, Got the guy set up with a you know couple hundred dollar RCA with tons of shielding, and the studio was dead quiet. So mm. um, it all depends on whether that matters, though. If you know if you're one of the cars in the background there, that doesn't matter, mm. right? It's not going to play louder. It's not going to do anything like that. But anything you can do, you know, to keep noise out of the system is a good thing. So have you tested? So here here's one of the we'll say the better knowns um, in uh, at least in the SPL world is if it's the distortion that kills a sub. Have you tested that? <laughs> uh, were you like in my house earlier today? <laughs> so I've just finished. Uh, I was talking about this morning for the, for the past five days, I've been working on like the mother of all articles talking about whether it's distortion that kills speakers mm-hmm. or not so mm-hmm. uh you know anyways you gotta everyone's gotta wait about three weeks okay. for that to come out no spoilers. Uh, spoiler oh it's really simple distortion <laughs> does not damage anything so if you look at distortion from an amplifier and you look at the we'll call it the RTA response the spectral response mm-hmm. and you look at what a guitar distortion pedal does they're identical and you can listen to ACDC all day long and your speakers don't blow up. Now, if you crank everything all the way up and you mm-hmm. play that, it puts a ton of energy into your tweeters and they melt. 
that's that's it that's the whole I mean, there's <laughs> there's 4300 words <laughs> and graphs and diagrams and pictures and all sorts of stuff uh boiled down into no distortion on its own uh doesn't damage speakers but if you clip an amplifier that causes the amplifier to make more power per, deliver more power to the speaker and that definitely does and a lot of it's higher frequency energy so if you have a small driver or a mid a tweeter or whatever they can't handle it and what a lot of people don't know and this is also in the monster article is that uh the way they measure speakers especially smaller ones believe it or not let's say there's a whatever 100 watt mid-range driver right a pro sound mid-range driver it's designed to play from 300 hertz up and it's rated for 100 watts at no time during the testing does it ever see 100 watts of power it'll see pink noise at a level equivalent to 100 watts at the loudest frequencies but pink noise you know uh, where am i tilts down like this on the top end so you're down 10 dB. So 100 watts is now 10 watts. Yep. And if you just think about it, look at the size of the voice quill on a subwoofer, right? They're, you know, four three, inches. four, five, yeah, six. I don't know. Inches. I don't know what the monsters are anymore. <laughs> what, what are you we look at, at Jeffrey, little... four inch? Uh, the biggest I've seen are four, but yeah. now they go bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unless seen... you're Richard Clark, right? They, yeah. <laughs> then right, you use right. the servo. You don't, even, you don't even use voice quills anymore. You just servo it. Yep. Yep, exactly. Uh, but you look at how big they are to handle. And, you know, we don't need to be, we don't have to talk about five, 6,000 watts, but, you know, a three inch uh, sub with a three inch voice coil is rated for 750 watts, mm -hmm. right? And a sub with a two inch voice coil is rated for 300 watts. Um, well, how is a three quarter inch voice coil you know, on, a, on an inexpensive six by nine, supposed to handle 400 watts. Uh, that's just what you it put doesn't. into it. No, that, that's just, well, you just once, putting them into it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome once. It's like wicked. It It's really cool. Then the smoke comes out. And, yeah, the magic and poop. Then, yeah, the magic poop. And then they get sent back to the manufacturer as defective, oh, even no. though you blew it up. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that nobody was Nobody does literally... that, right, Jeffrey? Oh, I, yeah. I, I've heard stories. So yeah, that was I've heard it all this, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that was this morning. The first conversation at Facebook this morning was what we just talked about, including pictures from friends who are manufacturers with speakers come back and, you know, half the voice coil yes. bobbin is broken off and melted. <laughs> and that was defective. Yep. He had three times the rated power on it, but it was defective. I, I really so. like when I was uh, manufacturing subwoofers, you get them back. And the surround would be slightly torn, and the, slightly. yeah, and <laughs> just... and the bottom of the voice coil former would just be yep. smashed, right? And they're yep. like, "No, I only ran a hundred watts to it. I don't know what you're yeah, talking right, about." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or or screw holes. I mean, yeah, every you know, right, right, you through. guys, yeah, yeah, right through a bit, you know. 30 whatever years of doing this i will fully admit i've trashed a few uh yeah some yep. we got away with fixing well, usually we just call the distributor and say listen we screwed up uh, <laughs> uh help, help give us a yes. deal like just you know we're gonna eat it because yep. we're not gonna send the guy out the door with a, um, a hole in his mids yeah so jeffrey look through there see if you can see any questions i do see one here real quick uh nick yeah. Semino, uh, your hey, local nick. canuck yeah, uh, he wants to know how about speakers with ferrofluid. So your thoughts on, on ferrofluid? Yeah, um, there's a, there has been a bunch, um, in tweeters. It was pretty popular because they don't have a lot of excursion somewhere in the house. And I, you know, I should dig it up. I have one of the tens out of, was it the first? I forget whether it was the first or second year. Um, Alma Gates competed in the Bronco. So I yeah, sub blue and I managed to get the, the voice coil assembly. Um, and yeah, they use ferrofluid on that. So on a sub, on a sub. Okay. Yeah. Now it was a, you know, it was a unique design. There was supposed to be an underhung voice coil. Uh, mm -hmm. the pro tens so, were hold on. So just yeah. so people can understand, um, not 
all of our audience is super technically <laughs> chubby. Like Jeffrey, I don't even know if Jeffrey understands what an underhung versus an overhung coil is. Do you? Uh, you can say no. Said, did you just no. say hung? <laughs> <laughs> hung, hung that's coil? your cousin? Uh, <laughs> I think that was a movie I watched the other night. No. Whoa, whoa, Overhung, starring Jeffrey oh, Fernandez. That's it. That's it. Please explain this uh, hung theory. This hung voice <laughs> coil. All right, uh, I'm guys. expecting this on a T-shirt. Okay, so in most subwoofers, um, the the magnetic gap, so where all the magnetic energy is in a a plate of varying thickness in the speaker, it's maybe a quarter of an inch in a sub it might be half an inch and then there's a really tall voice coil so the magnetic gap is here and the sub moves up and down you know and stay all of it stays within the coil if you go if part of the sub goes out of the coil um, the gap. well yeah starts to first of all distortion goes through the roof efficiency goes through mm -hmm. the floor and all bad things happen um in a in an underhung voice coil, you have a really tall gap and a really short coil, and it moves up and down. So it's not a, it's not an SPL thing because mm -hmm. no one makes a you know four inch tall gap or, or anything like that. So it was supposed to be a really small, light, low inductance coil, so the sub would be you know tight and musical and all and those super things. efficient, right? Uh pretty efficient. That, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what the you, goal you was. Lose, right. You lose some efficiency though because you have you know this really short winding right anyways the sub that came out of alma's truck was not underhung <laughs> but it also had a tall gap so anyways it was it was bathed in ferrofluid mm -hmm. i think you know the short answer is in an application like that where it's a purpose-built driver um, they're really only going to do one thing. It's probably fine. In the real world, I have a feeling, and I'm, I'm hypothesizing, is that you might run into really bad temperature problems where the ferrofluid would get really thick uh, when it's cold. And I know there are, you know, sub brands that don't work well in Canada half the year. And it's just, there's no ferrofluid, it's just materials. The rubbers change a lot, whatever fibers are in the uh, surrounds change a lot and yeah for an hour when you turn your system on and you're just cruising to work not beating on it they don't sound that good so uh yeah. but i mean fur fluid it, it it can increase efficiency because it helps conduct electric flux it'll just help take heat away mm -hmm. it's worth trying i mean a lot you know i love the spl guys because they're not afraid to go get a pile of parts and oh, glue yeah. them together and see what happens. I love it. Like, it's just, it's awesome. It makes me smile because I haven't done it. I think it's really neat. So see what happens. Fill one with ferrofluid. Uh, don't get it on your hands or your clothes. Dude, that stuff it, stinks so yeah, bad. Yeah, it's all bad when it's in the wrong spot. It'll probably splash everywhere. Yep. But if, you know, if you got to win that last round and, you know, the ferrofluid set or sitting on, you know, on the floor ready to go, Mm -hmm. load them up and see what happens like um it could make a difference uh you catch any uh comments in the or any questions in the comment section jeffrey um well i, I had a question oh go ahead um so uh dave you dave you mentioned a lot about uh measuring amplifiers and, and such yep. what would you say be it would be the essential measuring equipment say some somebody would need in order to do this at home do it at the shop you know what would be the yeah. most essential equipment? So, I mean, honestly, the easiest way is by the uh, SMD uh, IMM1. Yeah. Okay, right? I was going to ask you, like the SMD you know, line. Tony, Tony nailed it, right? It's the yeah. only way to measure. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I know there's some other ones. But anyways, it measures voltage and current simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And will give you. X-Tech you know, has a, a pretty decent one, too. Yeah, I, and I knew there were some other ones. Yeah. Um, it, we'll call it, you know, and it sounds negative, but it's not in the SPL world. I just, mm -hmm. you know, I don't live there. I didn't know, but yeah, <laughs> it'll measure. Uh, and then if you want to really compare measurements, you should really get load resistors. Um, load they're resistors. easier to drive than subwoofers because there's mm -hmm. no significant reactive properties. Or mechanic failure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that melting and fire and smoke yeah. stuff is, <laughs> is frustrating. Um, but I, you know, I'd never done a test 
but I heated up a voice coil. I just played music into it or, or test tones for you know 15 minutes and remeasured the teal small parameters. And I was stunned at how much the resistance went up, like 10%. So, you know, it's if you try to compare amplifiers, you can't have that. It's gotta be, mm, no. you know, you're looking to compare. You gotta have and a base load, right? Your, yeah, your base yeah. load's got to stay the same. It's got to right. exactly. Know, Ideally, you want your voltage to stay the same, but mm -hmm. that's expensive. So you either have <laughs> way too much battery and alternator in something, uh, or way too lithium, much lithium, baby. Invested. Yeah, lithium. You know, yep, yep. Those, uh, you know, what game changer? Total game changer. Absolutely, it, it holds uh, the same voltage for so freaking long. Yeah, versus it's gel cell and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so like, so that's the. Oh, sorry. Go, go, ahead, ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking, like, how about a guy with the O scope in their garage? You know, would what's that? that? Be the end in itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know you what? You can set if, your gains, but uh, yeah, you can. I mean, if you, it doesn't tell you the current, and if mm -hmm. so, if you're on load resistors and you've controlled all the other variables, it's going to give you a pretty good idea. You know, it's better than nothing. It's better than guessing. It's better than you know, trying to try to watch a digital meter flash around or, or take peak readings on a digital meter. I'd rather use a scope where I could really accurately measure a voltage. Um, but you gotta, you know, you gotta control everything. So in, in my reviews, and I don't get into really big stuff. Um, I've only got 160 amps. I know that's like deck power to the SPL guys. Uh, <laughs> but I only got 160 amps of power supply. Uh, and I got lots of resistors so they don't get hot. Um, but you know, I measure the voltage and current going into the amplifier, voltage, okay. current, and power with an IMM uh, coming out of it. I keep an eye on the temperature of the resistors. You know, I yep. people are relying kind of on, on what I come up with, to be honest, um, and repeatable. Uh, but I do measure at what I just call the low and high voltage. So I'm using a pair of uh, Stinger uh, power supplies and they have a charge mode. So I hit basically the turbo button and the voltage jumps up and I take the measurements again and I repeat everything. Um, the, the trick is deciding when are you at a repeatable power reading. So my audio analyzer flat out says, 1% or 1.00 or 0.99 or whatever, uh, THD or THD mm -hmm. plus noise, that's super hard to repeat any other way. So oh, you yeah. gotta, you decide, you know, I'm always gonna test with, let's say 60 Hertz. You decide, okay, I, you know, I'll have this waveform with this much flat spot on it. You're probably within a couple percent of 1%. But I mean, you could cheat. You could turn it up a little bit more and go, look, I got more. <laughs> but all your efficiency numbers go out the window. So re trying to recreate like the CTA 2006 standards, which is what I lean more towards, uh, especially with our advertisers, uh, totally different than, you know, which of these surfboard amplifiers makes more jam. So yeah, scope, if you've controlled enough, totally work fine. Even a voltmeter, if you use 60 Hertz, they're pretty accurate, yep. um, but you got to watch it. The two meters, one doing current, one doing voltage on a speaker, no way. On a load resistor, maybe, but too many variables. All right. Now I'm, I'm going to set him up for, for what all us SPL guys, if you are an SPL guy or you're new to installing stuff, I want you guys to pay particular attention to this question and this answer. All right, before we talked that when I talked to you about coming on the show, we had a minor talk and I tried and I honestly tried to keep it minor because I didn't want to hear all your information <laughs> because it, cool. it, if I don't believe you, um, I, I mean, you can ask Jeffrey, he's seen enough of these where I'll, I'll actually, you know, challenge what you have to say if, if, it, if it doesn't pass the BS test, right? Yeah. So like um, with that being said, efficiency versus ohm loads. Right. Go for it. Cool. All right. So I've tested a lot of amplifiers. I, we, we needed like three. a general overview of what we're going to yeah, discuss. Yeah, three or 400 of them of yeah. various size. Mm -hmm. So the way 
power dissipation works, it's the square of current. It's I squared R. So if Math, you increase, <laughs> right? It's kind of this back to these laws and physics and whatever. Yep. So every little part in that amplifier, in the power supply, through the transformer, uh, through the output switching devices, if you increase the current requirements uh, to the load by lowering the impedance, those devices get hotter and waste more energy. Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. so real quick, just so, um, like I said, I got to help bring some of these people yeah, along, man. right? Go, go. So you got to create power. Power is an equation. The equation is uh, voltage times amperage divided by impedance. So the impedance would be the driver. The voltage yep. would be what your um, what your battery supplies it, battery, right? right? Yep. And then your amperage is what your alternator or your battery is going to supply. But those things have to equal. Your amplifier always wants to put out, say, 100 watts. So yep. depending on what that impedance is, it's going to adjust the voltage and amperage to match. And then within the voltage and amperage, Whatever it takes. If your volt's low, then it's going to raise your amperage. If your you amperage it. is low, it's going to raise your voltage. So that's yep. kind of what he's talking about. You you have for like geeks like me or whatever. <laughs> we, right. we imagine you have 100 hit points in Dungeons and Dragons, right? You only have those 100 points to do whatever. So say you're playing Street Fighter, Jeff. I know you're a real life yeah. Street Fighter. But... Right. Your guy has certain abilities, and he's lesser in other abilities. And as you're playing the Street Fighter video game, you can pick E Honda, extra strength. You can pick, you know, Gui John or whatever his name is. He's got extra speed. So you 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 have to decide how you're going to get that power. Now there, like I said, there's differences. Um, if you have a high current amplifier, it's going to have a low amperage. It's going to need to run it. And if you have a high amperage amplifier it's going to need lower current that's how you get yeah. like the um the regulated power supplies it relies more and switches up the amperage to doesn't care what the voltage does it's going to jump around the amperage a lot to make it match the voltage yeah. so anyway so, uh, so no, hopefully hopefully i explained kind of where you were going with that but please yeah. continue no all good all good so yeah i mean if uh we'll simplify it you know, sort of, let's say to paraphrase what you're saying, and we'll use round numbers. If you if your battery is at, uh, if you get 10 volts at the amplifier and 10 amps of current, you've got 100 watts. Yes. Right. If you've got 20 volts, you only need five amps of current. Mm -hmm. You know, some guys maybe can get 20. I don't know what the rules all are. That sounds a little high. <laughs> um, but that's that's how it works, right? Current mm -hmm. times voltage. So when when you're drawing 10 amps of current through a wire, putting it through a voice coil, putting it through a, a transistor, a MOSFET, a resistor, an inductor, a diode, a, a whatever, you know, they all make heat, right? And the heat comes from the current. So more current means more heat. Uh, more voltage doesn't, I mean, yeah, there's a tiny increase, but it's minuscule versus almost a one-to-one -one ratio for, for current. So, DC versus yeah. AC, right? If you guys have ever seen the Nikola Tesla versus, um, versus um, who is the other Nikola. guy? Nikola. Yeah, um, Nikola Tesla I, and uh, why did I just not Einstein? Dude, he's he's like the most famous scientist. <laughs> the light bulb. Oh, Steve. Steve and, uh, the light bulb guy. Edison. 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 As soon oh, as you said Einstein. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you had Nikola Tesla versus Edison, right? And that's what they argued about was amperage oh, versus right. voltage to yep. get the power to the houses. So I'm sorry. Right. And that's why, you know, there's 400 volts going up and down the street mm -hmm. and I don't know, 7,000 out on the wires, <laughs> you know, at the top of the street because they don't want to pass you know, tons and tons of current. And I watched the YouTube guy from down in the Maritimes. He's a lineman and they have, you know, these glass fuses or ceramic fuses that are six inches long, uh, you know, big aluminum fittings on the end. And, you know, he's got them all lined up on his truck. He's got four amps, five amps, six amps, seven, and the big ones are 10. Right. 
but it powers, you know, a hundred houses or whatever it is. So yeah, they don't want current in the wires. They don't want the wires getting hot. That's all bad. Uh, he shows what happens when they do. It's, it's dramatic, but yeah. So back to amplifiers. Um, I've never seen an amplifier even maintain efficiency when the voltage drops, supply voltage drops, or as you uh, decrease, like lower the load impedance, just mm -hmm. it drops down. Um, so I did write an article a while back. It, I, sorry, I say that all the time, but I, you know, there's <laughs> 450 articles. And where on, would they find these articles? Uh, at bestcaraudio.com. That's a great place thank to you, look for. Thank them. you so much. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I sort of did the math of, you know, one amplifier just, you know, cranking every ounce of power you can get out of it. Uh, you do the efficiency calculations, and let's say it's down around, I don't know, we'll pick a number like 60% versus two amplifiers that, yes, cost twice as much money. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say it's a cheaper route, but, you know, you can get the same amount of power to the speakers, but draw 25% less current from your charging system so you know if you're doing deathmatch to me that's a no-brainer uh if you have you know you were saying you've you know, make all your runs in an hour and a half yep if you can make the same jam um and not you know draw as much current everything is going to be happier so the subs won't but you know whatever they they chose their life yeah so with the uh, with the articles that you've written which is how many again uh, so uh, <laughs> today's was 423 plus okay. there was some that we looked at a different way. So it's like around 475. What would you say would be your most, say, engaged article? Like uh, whether it's good <laughs> reviews or bad reviews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about it. What would, I mean, was it like something on speakers? Lately, uh, actually, and, uh, you know, to me, it's very black and white, but lately, and my boss and I just talked about this the other day, uh, was an article on what an amplifier or how an amplifier behaves differently based on where the gain is set. And I can't believe, you know, people yeah, that haters. don't fully agree. <laughs> uh, there was, you know what, there was a couple guys, no one, no one's like, you're an idiot. They're, well, every now and then I have one, but oh, pretty I small mean, probably percentage. probably say it a different way, but. Oh, no, not always. No, it's right. whatever. The, the um, gain to the volume knob, right? Right. No. <laughs> so, yeah, just the comments left me kind of like, well, I don't use low quality stuff, so I have to turn the gain up. Hmm. Yeah. What? I don't, like, I don't understand your logic. So it's. Mm -hmm. The amps are rated for whatever power they're rated, and the gain is there so you can use any radio ever, or your Walkman, or your iPhone. Or Do you mean you actually use the gain button to match the line voltage coming from the radio to the amplifier? I I, yeah. I read that on the internet. Oh, that's odd. <laughs> it's something new. It's you don't new. just turn it all the way to the right? Uh, well, some do. Apparently. That's right. So, my challenge for all knobs my... to the right, as T Mini says. Oh, and you know what? There's, uh, I do do that, and it's usually what I'm trying to just TTD, right? TTD, yeah. test to destruction. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, it, it, it gets expensive. It gets, it gets expensive. Yeah, I've done that by accident, but I try not to. Um, here's like, here's my test for the average car audio guy. Mm -hmm. Can you play your favorite music? And we're not talking about a giant system. We're talking about consumer level car audio. Can you turn your system up? I'm going to pick a number, I guess, say 85% of the way. And it's still like, it's not distorting. It's not clipping. Nothing's snapping, cracking. If not, your gains are set wrong. Period. End of discussion. Well, I would say when you unless use it's a an deck, SPL thing. Well, no, no. no. Yeah. When, when you use a certain decks, it do, that does change drastically. <laughs> like a Pioneer deck, even when you set the gains wrong, you can usually get there. There's a point in the deck that it just goes from slightly some fall to on their face, really gone. It just disappears. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tell people all the time, you should never turn your deck above three quarters. If you're turning above three quarters, you got 
some settings that are just so out of whack that you should never your deck should absolutely max out at three quarters and then because once you hit to a point it, it's like an arc right so you're gaining 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 and then when you hit that peak everything after that just becomes waste and it starts dropping off performance it can yeah it depends on the deck right yeah. so let's say and you know i'm not trying to name drop or whatever but uh -huh. i've got you know we've got a bunch of sony's and kenwood's and clarions around here uh in terms of the rca pre-outs with no eq no base boost none of that you can pin them all and the signal is clean okay. i also have a no name is it no yeah i don't even no name uh -huh. but it says best radio anyways it's one of those best android audio radio yeah no no my boss is yes. cringing now best there it is the best choice for multimedia car entertainment system made in china anyways uh yeah the preamps on that clipped at like 33 out of 50 hmm. so there is a uh, good yep. versus bad radio comparison coming yeah oh <laughs> speaker I, I... out I'm trying to get yeah. Pioneer on here just actually to have that discussion because Pioneer is the number one deck in in the SPL world uh, because cool. it it, it uh, produces so much line voltage to help yeah. when you have multiple amps. You need the line voltage, right? Otherwise, yep. you're maxing out the gains, which is not what you want to do nope. if you can avoid but it. Less important for SPL because yeah. you don't care if there's a little bit of noise in right. the system. That's really the, baby. That's, that's ultimately the difference. If you don't mind... You know, if you want to turn the gains up, the system's still going to get loud. Mm -hmm. It's going to get equally loud before it starts to distort. Mm -hmm. The difference is going to be probably how much hiss you hear in the background. And I don't right. like hiss. It's not <laughs> part of it. Uh, spend lots of money to try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I want right. the gains off. Yep. Hey, so we're running up on our hour. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey, you want to hit him with it, and then we'll go over the closing stuff? Sure. Uh, all right, David, uh, we asked this question to all of our guests. Um, what is your definition of a base hit? My definition? That is a great question. Um, I, again, being a kind of a geeky guy, uh, kind of anybody that has a system with a disproportionate amount of base. <laughs> that really, that's real. you know, does it, does a piano sound like a real piano as it plays down below a hundred Hertz. If not, you're probably a bass head. Uh, Richard Clark, who we talked about previously is a bass head. He is like seriously loves his bass. Uh, he also loves really deep bass, but yeah, if it's, I'm pretty tweaky geeky. So if piano doesn't sound like a piano for the bottom 15 keys, technically you're a bass head. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But uh, so that is an absolutely unique, unique uh, response, yeah. huh? I don't think anyone's ever associated piano keys with bass. Oh, dude, they're great. The first. All right. Woo. Hey, I, I will tell you um, the overture. What is uh, which one is it? Eighteen twelve overture. Eighteen twelve overture. Yeah, man. Is a freaking rocking song when you have the oh, when yeah. you have a great system. Uh, the canon is, I believe, at like sixteen or eighteen hertz. And when you oh, have something that can produce that, yeah, dude. So I've, I have a, I have a, we'll call it a parting gift for you. Okay. Uh, if you go to bestcaraudio.com, mm -hmm. that wasn't really supposed to be a setup, and you <laughs> oh, search yeah. for basshead songs. Okay. I did an article, and there are ten songs, uh, and I measured the amount of infrasonic content. Okay. In the so, songs, the eighteen twelve overture, I think was, man, it was it was in the single digits. It was below ten hertz. So, so there's, but, it was really really low. Like but where did that high. rank amongst your? Yeah, uh, I didn't rank them. It was just oh, ten cool oh, okay. songs for yeah. my kind of bass head. I like stupidly deep bass. I don't need yep. it crazy loud, but like infrasonic filters and I don't get along. I I literally have taken them out of amplifiers because right? I like I like those you know single digits and teens and just kind of feeling the car breathe uh, that floats my boat that's pretty cool there you go that's awesome 
Um, all right. So, like I said, we ran up on our hour already. I think it was a great show with all you guys. I think David had a crap ton of great information. Um, what do you got coming up recent, uh, coming up soon in your articles? And uh, tell us again about how to download these articles and how do they yeah. support you and what you do? Sure. So, again, the website is bestcaraudio.com. Um, there's all, there's product reviews on there. There's product spotlights, vehicle spotlights, uh, and then just tons and tons of technical articles. So anything you're curious about setting gains, crossovers, DSP, amplifier efficiency, how speakers work, how to buy a remote starter, things you can do with a remote starter other than remote start your car, <laughs> anything that a consumer would want to know, uh, basically to go into a stereo shop and buy more intelligently that's what we do that's that's the goal of my content is to educate consumers make them smarter about the purchases they want to buy or teach them about things that you know that they can do so backup camera integration or smartphone you know remote starters or heated seats i mean it just goes on and on and on so search for whatever you want a best car audio there is a ton of information on there in terms of uh teasers for what's coming up yeah, I've got an article, and it's basically the myth of uh, distortion-damaging speakers. Uh, so I lay it out, and it's a monster. It is, it's over 4,000 words, and it's super technical, but I try to keep it, you know, simple, uh, you know, layman's terms, as it were. And uh, let's, what else? And I've got another review, uh, review on some uh, Rockford ProSound uh, mid-range speakers coming up in a few weeks so okay and uh so is that just a free uh magazine online or... yeah it's okay. all online uh okay. we have a you know we have a facebook group as well so we whatever whenever we publish online we post it to our group uh the same day so you just search for best car audio all one word uh, so get in there ask questions i i you know follow along and okay. answer questions and occasionally refute strange theories uh but I, you know I or at least people, test them just, right yeah well and i learn stuff too so yeah. i want i i'm happy to learn i'm happy to be corrected uh and if i don't understand something and i learn something new that's like the best day ever so mm -hmm. okay it works um just and just so you know the reason i ask about cost and all that is uh, we have people that watch us in germany and brazil and oh, right uh, barbados australia so cool. you know, um, yeah, no, it's just a website. There's no yeah. cost. There's no login. There's nothing. You can get in there and search. You can think of it, you know, like uh, like a TSN sports or whatever. There's just thousands of posts, like a okay. newspaper, but no subscription. Just get in there and read and search and awesome. uh, and learn. And that uh, that's you know what, if you do that, the traffic helps us. Uh, you know, we'll get more advertisers. I make okay. more articles. Well, that's how that's what we're doing this for is to help teach people. Jeffrey, what you got coming awesome. up? I see stuff right behind you. Oh yeah, uh, I got a DB drag racing competition going on uh, this Saturday, uh, Crossfire headquarters over there, Grapevine, Texas. Um, we're gonna have DB drag, uh, all the different formats: base race, cyclone, freestyle, top dog. Uh, so if you're in the area, come check it out. Have Are we getting fun. Roger's money again at this one, or? Yeah, we can get some Roger's money. You know, he likes to uh, kick down uh, some performance bonuses, as uh, we like to call it. Uh, uh, generally, it's like in base race. Uh, you know, right. there's like a bunch of guys. Big in, uh, classes. Yeah, big classes. You know, for for that guy who uh, or or gal takes first <laughs> place. Uh, you know, he likes to uh, you know win some of Roger's money. You know, that's right. Win <laughs> some of Roger's place. money. Um, and for me, I don't have the next show I have coming up, uh, actually was set up for May the 7th. I believe it got moved to the 20 something. I have to check with that, uh, gentleman again, that'll be out in Hollister. Um, yeah, we don't want to get it much later than the end of May cause out in Hollister, it gets hot as hell. Um, but, uh, they just announced the sky high barbecue. So I need to get a hold of John Robbie and see if we're going to be back out there again this year uh, at the Sky High Barbecue. So we'll check into that. If you guys know John, um, throw a mention out to him and 
remind him that, uh, you know, hey, we can do our DB drag out there like we did last year. I think it was a good marriage between the two things. He yeah. was doing the base head barbecue and all that stuff, and I had the DB drag going off on the side. All that stuff worked out really well, in my opinion. Hopefully it works out again. Hopefully he's interested in doing it. Um, yeah. And then uh, plus, we'll get to uh, yep. test out these new hypotheses that uh, we uh, <laughs> talked about Nice. Today. So, hey, <laughs> we're here to help you. That's right. That's, That's right. Cool. Um, and as always, if uh, I, we are having a show out there, then you always got the opportunity to try and beat the boss. I mean, you know, I don't have a car. I don't test. I just borrow somebody's car, some random in the lanes car. So if you can't beat me, but just saying, I'm do, I'm a pretty high average of a winner, um, and, and that's honestly just from understanding what the system does and and how to control a system and understanding, like he said, about uh, the volume on a on a deck versus a, a base knob and how to control that and watch what it does. Um, it, it it's that's why I always encourage anybody to always join and become part of a show. It's so much more fun to do it. Anybody can compete in base race and uh, freestyle and top dog and cyclone. Uh, DB drag, a little more difficult, but it's still anybody can do it, and you can check out and see what you want to do. Um, but you do need to attend. If everybody brings one person with them, we double in size every year. That's all there is to that part. That's awesome. Um, as far as supporting Jeffrey and myself, you guys can do that through our links attached in the comments section. Oh, also bestcaraudio.com. Uh, there's multiple links on the YouTube, or sorry, on the um, Facebook side. Uh, Team Minis put them in there along with the 20 songs. Uh, he put a link into that article also. Oh, cool! Right on. Yeah, so Team Mini threw that in there. Thank you, um, sir. Uh, all that being said, if you guys want to support us, uh, we still have these great spots right below me here and Jeffrey. Oh, wait, wait. Jeffrey over there, uh, right below you guys, uh, both of us. There's a spot where we can put some sponsors. Um, also, if you guys want to um, just throw some tips our way, no $100 is too small for us, obviously. Uh, the host, the tips will go to at SonicFX for Venmo and dollar sign SonicFX. For Cash App, all you have to do is make sure you put in there tip or podcast or something. Half of it goes right to Jeffrey's hands the next morning. Uh, any Other than that, I think we have some great stuff going on here. I really appreciate David. Great information. Thank I think you, you guys. I think you did a great job. This will be up on... Uh, it's automatically on YouTube right now. Uh, later on, I'll hopefully get it tonight, but most likely I'll get to it in the morning, and I'll transfer it over to the audio-only broadcast broadcast which will be posted tomorrow morning sometime and it'll be on iheart itunes apple tunes uh you name cool. it it's out there so people will be able to search your name your um best uh, car audio.com uh whatever they can search all kinds of stuff and they can find it on youtube or uh, iheart radio apple all those uh other things Jeffrey does a real good job of helping us try to promote it, to try and help it make us bigger. But other than that, um, anything else, Jeff? I think we covered everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think so. one more thing is we are going to continue to do this uh, 5.30 start. Uh, it helps me out because I'm supposed to be at the bowling alley by 7 o'clock, <laughs> which I can get out of here on time now. And <laughs> even if it runs over a little bit, I can still be a couple minutes late to bowling. So... <laughs> Um, remember next week, tune in at 5:30 California time. The only time that really matters. Uh, and we will be here again next Monday. Not sure who our guest will be, but we're going to continue to try and bring great guests like David McKinnon on here and help educate our, um, competitors and people just tuning in to check out and learn more about car audio. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, once again, thanks for coming in. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you great so job. much, guys. And pleasure. We will, Absolute pleasure. We will see you guys next week. Whoa, whoa.